Welcome back to the Niger Filmmaker. This is a podcast designed for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guest is Kulan and Ikyo. He's a film composer, record producer, and sound designer. He scored films like Lionheart, October 1, Port Republic, and won the 2015 MVCA for Best Sound Editor for his work on October 1. We talk about the relevance of sound in film, his process, and the uniqueness of African instruments. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Glennon. You're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Thank you very much. You're one of the leading composers in Nigeria. I tell us, like, how did you start with filmmaking? When I wanted to start composing film, for film, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure I knew anybody that I could um, look up to or to. Now this is way back. The internet was not as prevalent as we have it today but i just knew I, I i loved film and i loved music you know and so i wanted to become a music producer because i thought that then that's how i will make music for film because i remember panam persipol yeah. used to write music for films you know behind the cloud um, and some other films he would just do the music and then they put it on the film and so I remember with my friends in secondary school we'll be listening to music and I would be analyzing it for them you know and saying oh they should have done this they should have put this voice and listening to arrangements you know and tearing them apart you know and I used to tell my friends funny enough is I, I can't remember as many of them that came to tell me that I've always told them right from when we were got to secondary school that I was going to become a music um, producer, you know. And this is way back in junior secondary, you know. And when I finished secondary school, I made a decision to study in JOS. And the sole decision was because I wanted to meet Panam Persipol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... I wanted to study engineering, but because University of Just did not have engineering, I looked for what was closest to engineering, and that was physics. Yeah. You know, and I I chose physics, but uh, I don't know whether it's fortunately or unfortunately. By the time I met him, I lost interest in meeting him. <laughs> you know, so I but I struggled. I I when I came to University of Just first. I tried when it was time for my IT. I went to Panam Music World, I industrial training. Yeah. You know, for those who don't know what IT is, you are given a three month period. Is it this three month? I think to go and do something practical. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I applied to do it at Panam Music World. I kept. Is it three? Is I think it's six months. I can't remember. You know, but. I applied 
I, I just wanted to be around Panambesipo to see how he made music, yeah. you know. I went there severally, but I never got it. They told me they had no vac vacancy, you know. But then I used to go to a church called Christ Academy, you know, and they were in the process of setting up a studio, yeah. you know. And so um, it was around the studio that that church built that... Um, most of the things or the foundation I have for film started. So this is how it happened. <clears throat> I never knew that there was a film school in Joss. Yeah. I just came to Joss because I wanted to meet Panam Pesipal, who was kind of the only person I knew that was doing music and it was being put in films. So when that studio, when that church, Christ Academy started the studio, it was called Icon Towers. When it started, they were one of the first people to have a a workstation for film, yeah. you know, editing. Um, I can't remember. Was it was it I was it Final? It was Final Cut Pro, you know. So, <clears throat> and this the film school wasn't very well equipped, so a lot of students came to this studio to do their school work yeah. and to learn about film, you know. And the studio also had the music studio there was shedrak bahago who was heading the music studio he's now with ebony life yeah uh so i used to hang around the studio and people from the film school would come to this studio so this is where i met um big filmmakers you know today from kenneth gang to yinka edward to David Uro, to Marcusare, to a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. You know, they were all students of the film school. I was a student of University of Joss, so we'd meet in this studio. And then that's how the marriage between music and film, just the foundation for it came. Although we, I, it's not like I knew what I was doing then, um, but that's how, it, um, that's how it happened. You know, that... Icon Towers was the foundation, you know, because they would bring their schoolwork and then I'd watch them, you know, talk about story, talk about lighting, talk about all of that. But then I also, when I was in university, I also thought that I would be able to go to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, yeah. you know. So I, I, I wrote to them and they used to send me their school magazines yeah, and i would look i'll see the film scoring course i'll see the music production course and i'll be dreaming that one day i'll go to berkeley college of music but i mean it never happened i realized one that i'm not sure i had because of where i came from i'm not sure i had the talent to get when i mean talent to get a scholarship because the school is so expensive uh i don't think i had the Looking back, I don't think I had the talent to to be able to get get a scholarship because I mean I grew up in a small town called Mubi in Adamawa State, and um, I mean it's not like there was anybody I could learn how to play piano from, or yeah. there was practically nobody. I didn't even have a a keyboard until I don't even know when. My dad bought me some secondhand broken keys, something. And it's not like there was anybody I could watch and learn or, you know, not like now that you can learn online or something. So my dream of Berkeley, <laughs> that's how it went yeah. on the ground. But um, I have always just believed, you know, and 
whatever opportunity I find myself, you know, and Icon Towers, the studio created, even though it was new, nobody knew, everybody working there or around there were students or were learners, you know, Leon Formi was the head of the visual department. He works at Ebony Life now. No, no, he's, he's left Ebony Life. He's, he's on his own, but for a while he was, um, the head of visuals at Ebony Life, you know, so Leo was there, you know, so all of us, you know, we started learning about film and all of it there. So that was, this, that's pretty much my foundation or my entry into the film business, yeah. I guess you can play instruments now. Yes, I mean, I play, I mean, from playing in church, that whole period, um, I was playing in church and I was um, learning from the studio. The first piece of equipment they bought was a, a it was a six-track, eight-channel Tascam um, record. I used to record on tape. I remember I would go to the church at night, and it was because of that machine I decided to hold the keys of the church. I'll go at night, yeah. you know, <laughs> get the machine put tape inside and record my voice in several layers. I was just learning to to record because learning to produce is a very big part of making music for film yeah. in today's um, filmmaking business. You know, there was a time that it was just about the music, but you need to learn how to produce. So <clears throat> I, I would stay night and night, you know, just with the Tascam machine before they now got a computer and then they installed it, it was called cool edit pro <laughs> yeah. no it has morphed to audition okay adobe audition bought it so it used to be cool edit pro cool edit pro one cool edit pro two you know at some point i started learning fruity loops it was fruity loops two or three something like two before three came out you know, on those very old computers. And I remember the sound, blaster sound card. That was yeah. all there was. I mean, things have really, really changed. When I, when I look back from then and now, the technology has really, really changed. So I, I think that's pretty much how I started. In that studio that belonged to the church, Icon Towers, I walked, I used to walk, you know, practice, practice, do things by myself when there's nobody. I kept trying stuff, trying stuff, you know, and pretty much. Yeah. As soon as um, mm -hmm. music could mm -hmm. be integrated into the whole filmmaking process mm -hmm. and sound, there was this whole new world that you could explore and improve your film. As a sound editor and composer, can you tell us how powerful sound is in the whole filmmaking process? So even in the silent film era, they 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 used to have a an organist behind the, the screen the screen you know who would follow the film and play yeah you know two things he did he he was able to cover the noise of the reels yeah. rotating and then he he was able to provide on screen music for for what was happening on screen you know so even during the silent era they had people who played behind the, the screen. I mean, music and sound opened up a whole different era for film because the honest truth, if you compare picture and sound, you see that your eye can be looking at only one part of the screen at the time. Mm. So if you have a large screen, you can look at 
this way, this way, this way, this way to see what's happening on the screen. But your eye can be only on one place at a time. But for sound, for the soundtrack, you are able to communicate several layers of information at a time. Mm. When well, sound and music integrated, you, you, can now, you can now communicate with dialogue. You can now put in sounds and sound effects and foley and you can actually help the emotion with music so there's several layers of communication just through the soundtrack of the film i mean it 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 makes or it takes your film to a whole other level several layers of communication while in the silent era days you could all only do picture and is what you see what you get with the addition of soundtrack you can communicate several, several, several layers. And so with the, with the addition of sound and music, film became a very powerful storytelling and communicating tool. You know, films actually can shape how you think or your mood and your understanding of things. Yeah, yeah. so... Like most of the movies I called at the beginning, mm -hmm. I'm sure you did the sound design, mm -hmm. the mixing. Mm -hmm. How many have you done, like actual composing for? How many of them had like scores? So, um, quite a number of the films I've worked on also have um, scores. The thing is, in Nigeria, um, there was a time we we had in the sixties and the seventies people who learned. Um, from the Seni world, you know, and then from the British coming down. We had that era, but somehow that era died, you know, uh, the senior for Lion and then some of the other people, you know, um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Herbert Gundi, yes. You know, but that, that era now kind of passed out and the knowledge was not transferred and it's the same thing with the music industry so there's this there's, there was a gap yeah. you know i guess with the whole military regime you know banning imports and several of those factors just created that whole space so at a point in late 80s early 90s people started trying to do stuff again you know, and that's where we have the living in bondage thing, you know, and they came. So, but because there was that gap, we had to learn again. Nollywood or the Nigeria cinema, we and the Nigerian filmmakers had to start learning, you know, these things again. I always look at it in faces. First, people started telling very good stories. You know, if you look at the old films, they had very good stories. Then it came to a point, people realized the the, the power of the technology, how much you can use the technology to tell stories. So everybody started, oh, you need a good cinematographer. You need a good cinematographer. You need a good, you know, we were still fo focused on picture, you know, having great picture quality. Then gradually people are beginning to realize that you can pass a lot more information with sound and music. So I'm still going back to answer your question. So um, when I started, it was more of um, trying to give film soundtracks the priority that they deserve, you know. But the honest truth is many directors di didn't know that it required a lot of time, it required a lot of effort, it required a lot of money. 
you know, sometimes to be able to get good, a good soundtrack, you know, and Kunle Afolayan was somebody who was, you know, he was always willing to try to experiment, you know, and Yinka had shot his previous film and Yinka knew me from our work in Jaws and then some of the stuff we had done for BBC in Abuja, mm. you know, so he now recommended me to Kunle Afolayan and Kunle now decided okay we, we were going to work on october one but why did i say all of that is just to show that f sound wasn't soundtracks for film wasn't a priority you know until we did that you know and then people saw that you can take your film that's in i mean in in nollywood here you can take your film to the next level with sound and music you know although when I listen to it now, I just say there's a lot of things that we could have done better, yeah. you know. But I mean, it's what it is. At the time, it was like the it 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 really it, it made a difference, you know. And I spent uh, how long? Because it was my first feature film. Yeah. I spent close to six months, six months to six seven months, you know. I was in Lokoja in. Yeah. I think I remember uh, <laughs> that being fully. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. You know, and then doing it, you know, and trying to layer everything, and it it, it took quite a while for me, you know. And then at some point, Kunli came to Lokoja, to the CCN Studios to join me, and then we were able to finish it. It was a good experience uh, because it was eye opening, and then even for. It went to the AMVCs and won Best Sound, you know, and then everybody just exploded, you know, with the with the sound thing, you know. But back to your question, it wasn't that important, but then people started seeing the importance of uh, soundtrack, you know, your soundtrack, or that's the whole sound and music in film, you know, and they started investing more in getting better sound especially now that there's a lot of um, attention for content from nigeria from even internationals you know one of the markers of a good film is that your sound should really be good so um people are are able to invest more in sound so um the question is how many how many of those ones have i composed for right yeah. how many have i yes yeah, so most of them it's just a few of them that I only do sounded, but a lot of them, you know, I write music for. Um, not all of them are able to record with live musicians, yeah. but then because of technology, again, we're able to do mock-ups, realistic mock-ups, and then put um, here and there local musicians to make the music authentic, you know, so, yeah. Uh, I think except for Banana Island Ghost, God Calling, most of all the other ones, I write music for them too, yeah. you know, yeah. When you said like recording with live, live, music, yes, live, live music, music yes. is that like an orchestra? An orchestra, yes. You must not use an orchestra. It depends on the needs of what the film. What are the benefits of? So it depends on the needs of the film. The CEO, we recorded an orchestra in Hungary, and that was because that film was like that. You know, it was a film that had people from different parts of the world, from China, from Ivory Coast, from 
parry from you know so it needed that um, more or less that universal sound you know yeah. so I, I had sounds african sounds but then i we also used sounds from the orchestra just to make it um have that universal appeal you know but it depends on the needs of the film um, somebody might just want a kalimba one kalimba sound you know playing through depends on the director you know but um working with live musicians is very very it's helpful why because as the composer you you add a human element yeah. to your music you know it's it's humans that are watching it it's not a computer that is watching it you know so it adds when when you use it there's that realism you know there's that uh, there's that humanness people are able to connect with when they hear music that is played by live musicians as opposed to programmed music you know even though programmed music is becoming very 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 good you know but live musicians they they add there's several things you can do you can get live musicians to do you know that you'd not be able to do with with trying to program the same kind of music maybe a string orchestra you know there's articulations that they can do live that you may not have in your 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 sample library mm. you know there's sounds they can make you know you can tell them to play in a certain way you can tell them to hit their instrument you can tell them to do all sorts you know it just it just expands your your palette of of colors when you use a live musician plus the human element they bring to the story it's always advantageous working with live instrument but like i said in hollywood we're still getting to or nigerian cinema some people want to put it we're still getting to un understand the full benefits of of investing in proper music mm. you know and so some directors are able to pay for extra live musicians some are not able to pay you know you, you but you have to work with what you have to make the best of the story yeah <laughs> we have some african instruments mm -hmm. there are variations so like some of them are mm -hmm. um percussion some mm -hmm. of them are stringed instruments mm -hmm. so the sounds that these particular instruments produce mm -hmm. do you feel they they can be produced by something else or they are unique to africa and is this something that you see maybe in the future if the project needs it like bringing in some local musicians to I mean, play um every time i write a score i always want to put an african instrument and i always want to put it in its context i mean i give you an example with lion heart of all the songs in lion heart the one that I have gotten messages from Australia, from America, from all around the world for. There's a piece of music when they're entering Kano. Yeah. And then there's this Hausa music that plays. I've had people write me from all over the world for that particular piece of music, you know. So the African instruments are unique. And I don't think that somebody else or something else can replace that you know and if you really want to sound african you have to use this instrument but there's something about film music in fact there's something about music generally music is very how, i don't know what the word is associative i don't know if that's the right word and that's why it's very it's a very powerful tint for film so if you 
For example, if you always heard a piece of music when they showed you a certain thing, yeah. after many years, if you hear that piece of music, you remember, you that, remember thing. that thing. That's the, the location. first thing. Mm-hmm. What? Like, like even if you listen to something at a particular location. A location, yes. Yeah. Once you exactly, it's something you see. So once you hear that music, there's a certain image that comes to you. And so because we've, we've watched a lot of American and European films, we have associated certain sounds to certain pictures. Yeah. So somehow um, when you see or when you see something gory and horror, this is particular sound you want to hear. You know, <clears throat> because you've, you've watched a lot of European films and, uh, and American films. But can we replace these things with African sounds? I think so. And I'm on the quest to do that. Yes, we can use them. We can use African sounds too. But, and that's the thing about film. We need both directors yeah. who will who would um, say, okay, this is the sound I want. I want it as African as possible, you know. And as you do that over time, people will start to associate this sound to those pictures. Yeah. And that's the thing about music generally. You don't just want to drastically veer away from the norm. It has to be organic. You have to, yes, you have to do it while holding on to the past, bringing on new things, you know, and blending it, and people would be able to accept it and gradually, you know, move in the direction that you are you are taking them. But I'm a very big proponent of using African sounds for for film scores. In fact, one of the projects I, I want to work on is, or yes, I've, I'm in the planning phase right now, is to use different African instruments to write pieces of music. It's an album, you know, but working with just different African instruments to to make sounds that are cinematic and they can evoke emotion. You know, of course, I'll be blending it with the sounds that we are used to hearing, strings and all of that. But at the core of it will be African instruments, just like the way I did for, because of the attention that that piece of music in Lion had brought, you know, it brought this idea to me all, all over. I used the goje, mm-hmm. you know, and the guy was singing in Hausa, obviously, with a Hausa talking drum, but then there was strings, there was flutes, and there was all of that, you know, and it sounded really different. You know, but then it was beautiful too. I think so. From the from the the responses I got for that piece of music, so it it, it has brought that plan to me. So I I, I plan to to do that with different African um, African instruments. You know, create cinematic sounds. You know, and make an album, and see, you know, where that leads us to. Yeah. yeah. It's time to put on your producer hat. Okay. Um, what percentage of the budget do you think should go to sound? So that's from location music. sound, music, fully <sighs> mixing. Mm. If you ask me, I, I would say you should put, I would say probably, let's put out location sound. Let's just put for post-production, I would yeah. say up to 10%. <laughs> I think that's decent. That's decent, right? Yeah. I would say up to 10% because um, there's other things that, that 
cop up a lot of money like visual effects like uh even the production itself during production but i'll say like 10 percent if you can if you can set aside about 10 percent of your budget your total budget for sound post-production for too. post-production sound for your soundtrack i think it'll be a good thing a good thing because i know some other things go pop money and producers never have money but at least 10 percent. but right now in hollywood in hollywood i don't think people are not they're focused more on renting very good cameras and all of that and then yeah. they want to manage with the sound and music music is somewhere you if directors both directors spend time on getting good music for their film it will change the way we tell stories it will completely change the way we tell stories allocate a proper budget you know just not just somebody with his laptop somewhere that clicks and midi keyboard and click mouse although it's still possible depends on the kind of music you want to make i mean if you're making electronic music for your film keyboard and then your mouse could suffice you know but even with electronic music you need external synthesizers that add that analog warmth and that again that humanness electronics to it not just the computer ones and zeros so but i think we need both directors who invest in especially music and sound you know post-production sound yeah yeah another um aspect that i think can add a lot to the final film is working in surround sound so from 5.1 to 7.1 and so on like a nigerian films playing with that that depends on the places we are watching the films our cinemas we have 7.1 you know i don't know if there's any nine but i know there's seven this is seven point seven point yes there's imax too you know but it, it depends on how we are seeing the films so i think most of the cinemas in nigeria are between 5.1 and 7.1 but the problem is some of the cinemas are not very well maintained yeah. You know, and so you play a 5.1 film and one speaker is blown and then it's not, you know. But, I mean, all the films I'm mixing, I'm mixing in 5.1. I don't know who else is doing it here, except you mix with somebody in the UK or in South Africa. You know, I don't know who else in Nigeria is doing it. Maybe a few people here and there. But every film I mix is, is in 5.1. And what it does, it, it again, it expands your ability to 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 tell story mm-hmm. you know it expands you can place things around and add the realism to to the film and since we have 5.1 and 7.1 cinemas in fact all our films the minimum should be in 5.1 because even if you are taking them to um film festivals outside you know the minimum it should be 5.1 you know, so 5.1 helps to expand your ability to add realism and even add elements and stories and add your layers. So um, I think all films should be a minimum mixed in 5.1. You know, but every film I've worked on, you know, I've mixed. I, I do it in 5.1. Okay. Yeah. So what movie made you fall in love with filmmaking? So I asked myself that question and... I'm not sure there's a one movie, but there's a series of movies, you know. When I think back to my childhood, there, there are film scores that I still remember today. 
I mean, I don't know if you ever watched um, Police Academy. It's a series, you know, from way back then. It's a Nigerian production. No, not Nigerian. <laughs> it's way back then. It's a television series in the 80s. Yeah. You know, I can't even remember what happened, but I remember the score. You know, so those kind of things have stayed in my mind somehow, you know, and I guess it's those kind of things that, I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. Just yesterday, Ennio um, Morricone passed. Yeah. No, two days back he passed, you know. So he, he wrote the score for the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, everybody as a child knew that tune too. <laughs> you know, so all of those things somehow I think they they were films. You know, back then they, there was not as much content as we have today. You know, but uh, there were a few that stood out. I mean, it was cassette tapes, yeah. so you'd have a few. You know that you would watch over and over and over again. Um, I won't say there's one film. I would say just a series of films that we watch. I remember also we had uh, it was it was it's something by by the British government, and they had films. You could borrow films and you could you could you could watch films. I can't remember the name now. I think it's the British Council. They had a library, you know. So we used to go and collect films. We used to go and collect films. There was the Carry On series, Carry On Chopping, Carry On, you know. Yeah. With the dry British humor, all of those things I watched as a young child, they just um, they kind of made me fall in love with maybe at first not filmmaking but with storytelling. Yeah, you know, with storytelling. Yeah, so I wouldn't say there's a film, but then as as I began, you know, watching films, there are films that have have really stuck or have really made. You know, lasting impression. A, an impression. You know, there's. Um, I remember the Matrix one. Even though I'm, I'm more a fan of drama. Yeah. You know, the drama genre, but one of films that made an impression. You know, the, um, the Matrix, the first one. You know, uh, the Lord of the Rings series scored by Howard Shaw, you know, made a very big impression on me way back then when it came out. Uh, and many others, you know, every time I see more films, I see that even as we go, there are films that I watch and then they help shape my sense of storytelling. So I won't say there's one film, but I think there are a series of films, you know, that I watched as a child that just made me fall in love with storytelling. Okay. There are some films that as soon as pre-production starts, mm. the director is already talking with the composer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes before they even start principal photography, mm -hmm. the score is ready. Mm. What's the earliest you have been called <laughs> on to do a score? So I think they pretty call me late here. You know, most times the film is in edit and is almost done yeah. when, when um, they call me. I have not had a chance of working with somebody that... Uh, so there's different directors and there's different ways of how they want to work. Yeah. You know, some people want to start having ideas from the composer early on. Some people, you know, want it completely finished before they now take their time again with the composer and then 
do another layer of storytelling. But here in Nollywood, <laughs> most times, it's, sometimes it's, it's at the end, they now think, oh, we need a composer, you know. And at that time, there's, there's pretty much no time. You know, I would say maybe October 1 is the earliest because I started speaking with Kunle about it in October 1 and um, the CEO, the both films that I did with Kunle for Lionel yeah. are the earliest because I started talking to him about it while in production. We started talking about how he wants it to sound and all of that while he was shooting. You know, if he has an idea after he shoots a scene, he'll tell me and then, you know, so I think those are the earliest that I have. Once you're called to work on a project and you, let's say, read the script, mm -hmm. what's your process in getting somewhere where you know you're kind of making headway? So, when I get a script, I read it, and I, I, I don't talk about music at all. I just, I start to talk about story with the director. You know, what's this? Who is this? Why did you do this? Why did this happen? Why did this? So just so that I can get myself immersed in the story, you know, I don't even start talking about music. And to be honest, most of the directors we have here, it's not like they know, you know, what they want in terms of music. Yeah. You know, they, when they hear it, they would, they would, uh, I'm not putting them down. <laughs> when they hear um, what what it is that they want, they'll say, okay, yes. But to articulate it, they probably do not know how to articulate it yet. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a relationship that needs to to be nurtured here in our film industry here. We need more directors to talk with composers to understand the process, you know, and to incorporate it in their storytelling. You know, not just something that, oh, we drop it on the composer, whatever he brings out. But my process is after I read the script, I just want to talk about, about the story. So I, I talk at length and at in depth about the story with the, you know, sometimes I say, why did you do this? Why did you just, just to know the story and the characters as, as much as possible. Then when I have the film, I watch it once. Yeah. And while I'm watching it, I start to get impressions. You know, I see something, oh, this. I see something, uh, I feel. So the way I feel it, that I then want to react to it with music. Yeah. But the first thing I do is to get, one of the things I want to do is to get an overall theme, a tune that captures the whole film, you know, that captures what I think about the, what I just saw. So when I get that overriding theme, uh, which is sometimes, some, sometimes you hear it is just two or three or four notes or six yeah. notes. But to get that theme <laughs> is one of the hardest parts of composing. Yeah. You know, to get that one theme that, yes, this is it. This is the theme for this, this film is, is one of the hard, hardest parts. Of composing so how do you how do I get it I just keep sometimes one of the ways I love to get it is just by thinking about the story and getting the melody in my head before trying to do something because many times your computer will distract you yeah the piano self will distract you you know so sometimes I just think about it 
when I get the melody in my head, then I try to write it. You know, sometimes it's a chord progression. I just get and then I put it down and then from the chord progression I get the melody you know but I want to get that theme that one singular tune that um, is the story for me and you pray that the director likes it <laughs> if, because if he doesn't you have to think about another you have to find another one in as short it, I remember working on Lion Heart. I spent two weeks trying to get the first team and then the director didn't like it. You know, what do you do? You throw it away. And then after two weeks, you have two weeks less yeah. to get the score ready. So you have to get the next team in the quickest and shortest possible time, you know. But the thing is understanding the director with good communication, you know, which is what I was trying to say earlier on. The, the, you, need, you need to be able to understand what the director is saying yeah. you know so that you do not waste your time doing what he um, or she doesn't want you know so uh, like for lion hearts i finally understood what she was saying she wanted the simplest and the purest form of stuff you know she didn't want over too much so just one line that will hold on you know for a bit with a few not two complicated things so if you listen to the score of Lionheart it's very simple you know simple very few she wanted it as sparse as possible and then uh, then that house I want it's just me trying to show yeah, it in there. <laughs> you know and but then it, it worked well you know because I mean it's the it's the one piece of music that I get the most uh, calls for so um i think that's that's a summary of my process so i, I want to get that tune from that tune it becomes very easy yeah. because that tune starts to morph into different things it starts to morph into angry you know but you have the tune morphs into sad morphs into joyful it's the same tune but then you are now playing it in different ways you know that fit the story yeah you know so okay that's my process. <clears throat> so let's say you had one wish for the Nigerian film industry. Like, what's your top priority? What do you want to be better? So I want people to understand filmmaking better, the tools of filmmaking better. So I, I um, if there would be, if people have, like, I mean, what BBC did back in the day, you know, there was the there was this budget for a production. They brought in people from the UK and then they were Nigerian understudies. I'm not saying uh, that the people in the UK are... Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega, yes, when it comes to filmmaking. But they've used these tools. What I'm talking about is how to use the tools. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying uh, their storytelling uh, style is is the best but the tools we need to be able to use the tools we have the tools here you know it is not it's not it's not like way back then when you needed uh, for example for sound you needed to have a proper big console yeah. to you, on your laptop you can mix and have a proper mix you know if you sit down and do it properly you can do it on your laptop computers have become that powerful you know but 
we need to be able to know how we need to know how to use the tools you know and it's what i see that is lacking the most um, people send me recordings from from location and i listen to it and it's a whole but you had proper microphones you had a good recorder you know why do you have this yeah. people don't know how to use the tools i don't know whether it's, it's um the time to invest and the patience needed to learn the tools or i don't know what the problem is but yeah. i i wish people will learn to use their tools better if if with that would be able to tell better stories you not have a film with crappy sound you know and nobody can watch it because the sound is crappy yeah. or you you don't have a film you know that's not lit properly because people don't know how to use the lights and use the camera you know with you don't have to have the most expensive ca- then you needed film yeah. you needed i had um, a director say he went to film school because that was the only way he could get a camera in his hand i think his courses one of the directors you know he said that he went to film school because it was his only way to get a camera but right now you can Here's your phone. phone i mean i was watching which is a film i love so much or his storytelling style the florida project yeah. you know and there's a part he uses his phone the end is on disney world he uses an a phone you know because he couldn't get permission to get his cameras in and you wouldn't even know you know so um tech the technology has really improved the tools which makes the excuse which makes uh right now there's no room for excuse for making a bad film you don't yeah. have any excuse this movie is live on forever yes you don't have any excuse you have all the tools you don't need to have you know the biggest tools to be able to tell a good with proper you know there's always alternatives you can start from there before you get your hand on Ari Alexa and Ari and all of that and all the big cameras and all the big lights mm. but with the ones we have which are able to shoot HD quality you know record your sound properly go through the process so my one wish is that the people in Nolly we learn how to use the tools we have properly uh And you don't build your stories. craft overnight. Yes, no no no. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You need to do it over and over and over again. And you need you, to experiment. You need to experiment. You said it right. You need to experiment. You need to try. You need to keep trying till you find but make sure that you have that high quality in your mind. You need to try, try, try. You know, you need to keep doing watch what others are doing to yeah. you know to learn, you know, and then use it in your own way to tell your stories because i guess all art is kind of copying there's hardly anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you, uh, to 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 start out as an artist you, you you the best and the fastest way to learn is to you start i i i i think i saw this from he designs logos uh, he said that when you start out as an artist stop The first thing is not to be original. That's the thing you try you, you 
you find with young artists, they are trying to be original. Yeah. Oh, I want to make something radically different, which is a good and a novel idea. If you can, there are people who start out like that and who really get it, you know. But the first thing you need to do is you need to learn how to be good at your craft first. When you are good at it, then go and do something original. But then you don't know how to use the tools. You don't even know the language. Yeah. And then you want to be original. No, not yet. You know, be good first. Um, I've forgotten his name, but he makes logos. Um, he's passed on now. He's the, he used to make logos for as much as $1 million, I think. Yeah. I can't remember, yes, but for as much as $1 million. Yeah. Dollars. But he said, what you need to do first is be good at your craft first yeah. before you try to make something original. <sighs> I wrote to I wrote to an engineer in in America. Um, his name is how oh, have I forgotten his name? Uh, but then it took a while, but then he replied me, you know, and he told me sometimes you just need to give it time you know there's there's especially when it comes to sound and hearing you know you just need to give your ears that time and he told me that he worked after he graduated from berkeley yeah. you know after graduating from berkeley it took him seven years of doing it every day before he became what he is in the industry you know, he has worked for, he's a, he's a mixing engineer for, for music. He has worked with most of the top hip-hop artists from Usher to John Legend to, you know, he wrote me, said it, he was doing it every day for seven years. It's around the seven-year mark that he started, he knew that, okay, now I can, I really have a hold. And so when he sent me that email, I stopped trying to be... It wasn't about money for me. I just wanted to put in my time. Yeah. You know. And will I say luckily for me, Nigeria I didn't have to take um seven years. It was around my third or fourth I think my fourth year from that email that I did October one. And then it blew. You know. So sometimes you need to just give it time. You know, when you keep doing it, you keep improving. And you don't know how much you've learned sometimes because you're doing it every day, but then you're improving. Yeah. You know, so that experience is very key in filmmaking. You know, allow yourself to make mistakes. Start small, keep doing it. Even right now, for example, um, Fort Republic, you know, people love it so much. But then I listened to it again and I saw places I could improve. Yeah. You know, I saw things I should have done better, you know, and, but it is what it is, you know, I'm happy, you know, but then you just keep working and keep improving. So, um, Kulani, how can people find you? How can people find me? It's very easy to find people these days. There's the social media. Just send me inbox and I reply. Or I try to reply every mail I get, you know, so you can find me. Write me on my social media, you know, at Kulanen, Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram, and I'll reply. <laughs> it was a pleasure having you, Kulanen. Thank you very much. <laughs>
we have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. You can send in your questions and feedback on social media. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SenegalFilm and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at the Ninja Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.